0: Welcome to another Culture Gym podcast with your hosts Carly Richards and Gareth Shackleton talking to each other and guests about good mental health, peak performance and employee engagement through your culture. Let's work out. good morning everybody welcome to the culture gym i'm here with my co-host carly richards good morning carly
1: good morning
0: and i'm gareth shackleton Uh, how are you doing this morning carly
1: really well thank you Um, i'm sporting my christmas jumper you are and i know it's like what we're just going into the second week of december but still getting in the festive spirit because what else is there to look forward to at yeah. the minute?
0: Seems like most people are early this year.
1: I know. I know. How are you?
0: Very well. Trying to um, stave off that Christmas spirit feeling for a, for a little while yet. I don't like to start too soon.
1: Yeah, no, You don't want to, yeah. Don't too soon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're not a humbug.
0: No, absolutely not. I, I enjoy Christmas. Yeah. Um, yeah, lots of reasons to be uh, to be uh, joyful, um, but we don't have to say that for Christmas, do we?
1: No, that's very true. Also, how's your week been?
0: Good. Yeah. Um, it, it's early in the week so far, but uh, yeah, it's been a good week since last time we spoke, and uh, yeah, uh, nothing much to report. Just uh, working as usual with clients, helping them to uh, get through the current ups and downs of business.
1: Tier three,
0: three things, yeah. Living through tier three, waiting to see what happens on the sixteenth.
1: Yes, fingers crossed. It's not too far away now, is it? Uh,
0: yeah, yes, it's uh, just a, a week yeah. or so, isn't it? To uh, yeah. really find out what's going to happen next. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, in, in stark contrast, contrast to talking about the joys of Christmas and joyfulness. we've we're going to talk about redundancies. This uh,
1: we are, we are. Um, there's been a few redundancies on the well on the horizon for many businesses uh, in the last few months. But certainly in the last couple of weeks, we've seen a lot of companies, big, you know, big companies in the UK, um, having to make. A lot of their employees redundant, if not all of their employees redundant. And so I thought it was it was a, a good time to discuss something that I'm quite passionate about anyway, which is humanizing the workplace. Um, but humanizing redundancy, which I've certainly known, not personally, but I've known, heard of, had many friends and colleagues who have been made redundant in a really non-human human way. Um, and it's not nice and it's not pleasant for them as individuals. I could imagine it's not great for the people left behind or for the person having to do it. Yep. So um, I think it's quite important, certainly at the minute, that we learn how to humanize redundancy um, and avoid that whole historic let's take the emotion out of business I think there is a place for that and and we shouldn't um, we shouldn't go completely 100% the other way and and bring too much emotion to it because there has to be a process with this Mm. but at the same time I think humanizing it is the best thing to do.
0: So it's interesting that you you talk about emotions there I think it's a very emotional time redundancy mm-hmm. uh, on both sides of the um, of the equation there you know, for the the people being made redundant it's obviously very emotional and upsetting but also for the people the leaders perhaps who are dealing with having those conversations about who's going to be made redundant and who isn't so yeah not taking the emotion out of that but because it's such a highly Emotive time. I wonder if actually it's not so much about emotion and taking the emotion out of it or not. It's more about empathy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's treating people with empathy. But without the allowing emotions to get in the way too much. You know, and, and Perhaps you have to allow people to express a certain level of emotion and empathize with that. Um, but not allowing the emotions to take over. That's for sure.
1: I think, yeah, I think throughout the process, there will be times where emotions do take over. Mm -hmm. And that could well be in an office environment. And I think that's okay. Um, What's important at that point is, it's probably likely that the the person becoming quite emotional about it is the individual who's being made redundant. Mm -hmm. Um, Or... In fact, in the current circumstances with so many redundancies, it could well be the person having to make the people redundant. So someone working in um, you know, HR, senior leader, whoever it may be. And I think that if that does happen, it's about recognizing that, allowing a safe space for that to happen and about making sure that those individuals get the right support. Mm-hmm. In a safe space again, where they can express themselves, express the emotions that they're feeling. Um,
0: do you think that the, how you deal with redundancy and how you humanize it and deal with it empathically? Do you think that's situational? You know, in the sense of you know what we're hearing at, at the moment with uh, some of the items in the news, like uh, Debenhams, Arcadia, some of the other retail, um, big retail outlets closing you know the redundancy there is probably sounds like you get the impression it's happening quite quickly it's mm. the whole business that's going to be affected there's going to be very little of it remaining afterwards you know that sounds like they're pretty much going to shut those businesses completely um is that different do you deal with that differently humanize it differently when the whole business is going than if you know, this is a downsizing where you're allowing, you know, maybe you're losing 10% of your workforce or 5%, you know,
1: very different situation. It is. And I think it would be, it would be naive to assume that redundancy in on such a mass scale could be, you know, could be handled in the same way as redundancy on a smaller scale. Mm-hmm. Um, I think with with the larger scale redundancies and and you know the whole business as you say it will be quick inevitably it will it will people will fall under the radar and circumstances will will kind of take over that that will mean things won't be done in an ideal way it's unlikely i mean because things will have to move so fast and with so many unanswered questions, with so many things up in the air, you know, people are juggling so many plates in these type of situations, um, that it's, it would be hugely challenging to go from everything's fine, we have no redundancy plan in place because we don't need one, um, we have no support in place for people because they're not gonna be made redundant, to all of a sudden, Within a few weeks, everyone's being made redundant. We can't survive this. And to try and put together the support package, the financial package, the um, the process for dealing with that on such a quick in such a quick turnaround would just be really challenging. And I, you know, perhaps perhaps they'll manage it, and perhaps people will walk away from Debenhams, for example, and say that was that was really sad but it was handled as best as it possibly could and that would be brilliant that would be the ideal outcome um i think you know as we are the culture gym it it does come down to culture way before any redundancies have to be made um And I I think there's some key points that need to be covered in in any form of redundancy, whether it be one person, 10% of the workforce or the whole workforce. Um, And I think a lot of that, a lot of what what I'm about to say can be done in a short period of time. Um, So open and honest communication, for example, we can all be open, we can all be honest and some of that might be in the current circumstances, saying, we didn't know this was gonna happen. We're not prepared and we're sorry. Um, meaning, Having meaningful conversations. So yeah, let's not just treat this as a numbers game. Let's not just bring people into the office and say, right, you four people are gonna be made redundant. This is how much money you're gonna get. You'll finish on Friday, 5 p.m. Off you go. Yeah. Let's, let's have meaningful conversations where we give people the chance to share how they're feeling. Um, let's a- again use open and honest communication and admit that as leaders, we don't often have all the answers, but I'd like to hear what you think. And perhaps that's part of a kind of ongoing consultation, even if it's over a 24 hour period with your staff, or if you know a bit in a bit more of advance, let's consult with them and keep that communication open and, and, and ongoing. And, and then I think it comes down to support as well. We need to ensure that we've got the right support. So, yes, that is about putting together a financial package, but it's also about um, supporting emotions and supporting with ongoing career choices so if you have the capacity to put in place some um effective support in terms of helping people put together cvs and apply for jobs that kind of thing that would be great that practical support would be great Um, and also referring them to any um you know if you've got any employee assistant program or any uh, coaches or counselors that you use within an organization and if you don't see if you can find appropriate ones to bring in or refer people on to to appropriate support for emotionally I think that's key as well Um, and about being realistic as well this is this is probably what's going to happen Mm -hmm. Um, and then I think, especially in terms of support, we need to make sure that we're supporting those leaders and the people making the decisions if that might be just in, about ensuring that we get enough support for ourselves if we're the ones having to make those decisions and yep. um, ensuring that we're supporting the HR managers and the HR team, because that will be a tough situation to be in right now, tough job to do and. Um, and, and also, if there are any remaining members of staff, it's about supporting those members of staff and ensuring that they aren't, um, you, you know, they aren't experiencing some job insecurity, for example, about their own job. Mm-hmm. Keeping that communication going with them ensures that they understand what's going to happen with them in the future. Um, and if, for example, this has happened overnight or within the space of a week or two, And it's kind of come out of the blue. I think there's a lesson in that, that organizations and companies can take who are surviving right now or perhaps thriving. um, They can take a lesson from this to think this could quite easily be them. Mm -hmm. And especially given the current circumstances. And so I think to to, to put together some sort of redundancy policies would be very helpful, even if redundancy doesn't seem like it's on the agenda or, or on the radar right now. I think to have a plan, be prepared with support, with um, knowing how you're gonna communicate, with knowing how you're gonna offer well-being support, financial support, practical support. Um, I think being realistic about the current circumstances and understanding that this could happen to anyone is important. To allow companies to be prepared for hopefully something that will never happen.
0: Yeah, ironically, I think there's a lot of um, you know, job security and, and comfort that comes from having that redundancy plan in place. It might might sound like the opposite. You know, you put a redundancy plan in place that describes exactly what you'll do under the, these uh, crisis circumstances, mm-hmm. uh, and and communicate that to your to your whole organisation. Um, that could sound negative as if it's something that you don't want to do uh, to communicate that kind of thing. But actually there's there's probably some security in that for employees in that they they can feel that actually if the worst does happen, you know, the company is going to be there to, to deal with it in a human, empathic way.
1: Yeah. I think it's a real opportunity for organisations at, at the minute, mm-hmm. you know. It's a real opportunity for them to show who they are and to take control and to show their... their the values that they hold as an organization Mm -hmm. Um, if if they maintain the importance of looking after their employees then show that be prepared for potential redundancy or anything else in fact because ultimately even though there are redundancies that are inevitable and having to be made in an ideal world in an ideal situation what you want is for Those former employees to be able to walk away from your organization and say, I understand why this happened. It's really awful for me. But at the same time, it was handled as best as it possibly could. And if your employees can walk away from your organization, having been made redundant with the thought process of I still feel valued and I still feel okay," Then ultimately, that's the goal. Yeah. And you know that as an organisation, you had a good culture, you had good organisational values, and you acted accordingly with them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, sometimes redundancy doesn't happen because of, of crisis, of course. it's um, We're talking about that at the moment because of the current situation. But sometimes redundancies happen because of, you know, a positive strategic decision that a company makes, for example, a merger or an act. You know, an acquisition of another company, and then you need to—it doesn't sound particularly pleasant—but remove a layer of management, for example, um, or remove a department because there's redundancy within the organisation. The two departments doing the same thing, um, and I think you know that there's that kind of level of redundancy or that that circumstance of redundancy is a fact of life in business and and preparing for that and preparing employees for that kind of thing as well. Whereas, you know, we we don't want to be talking all the time, you know, about people potentially losing their job because, you know, we could merge with somebody tomorrow and and then we might not need you, you know, and that, that doesn't instill anybody with confidence. But some of this, you know, we talk about culture, but some of this comes back to making strategic decisions, doesn't it? And having a strategic plan and and preparing. So if your plan is that down the line, we may merge with someone, we've got that within our five-year outlook, um, what might be the consequences of that? Uh, And then how can we prepare for that with our employment plan and the employees that we're going to need as a result? Then we can start to over a five-year period, start to prepare people. There's a really good example of this in uh, a telecommunications company, one of the big ones in America. I can't remember which one it was. But they realized that their whole business model was going to change over a period of five to ten years with technology. Technology just moving so quickly they were going to have to change the kinds of technology they had in-house. For some people that meant that you know, some people that were in the stage of their career, perhaps that they wouldn't want to learn that technology. Whereas other people, perhaps at a stage where they were really excited about the new technology and wanted to take that on. So what this company realised was with technology changing so quickly, they needed new skills developing. So they needed to develop new skills so they could put some people into training courses to learn the student technology and to bring it in in in-house. Other people perhaps that were at a stage that didn't want to learn that technology, they were too long in the tooth, you know, whatever the reason was, they would be the people to stabilize the business right now, but that they could have a five-year period where they would be vital to the company, so looked after really well, but then helped to move out of the business over that five-year period. So what I'm saying there, in a very long-winded way, is you know you can make these redundancy decisions strategically sometimes, and prepare people. And people actually can be, um, it can be for their benefit. You can help people to benefit from the whole process uh, if you start with, you know, that end in mind. If you have that in, t- in your culture in the first place, and you make it part of your strategic plan. I guess that's a little bit off track with where we're at with the current crisis round of redundancies. Um, but you know, you know, you could argue with some of these companies like Debenhams. They've been arguably struggling for a while. Um, perhaps they should have been looking more strategically at their business model. Uh, perhaps if there'd been more investment from uh, the board. In the business model, they could have adapted. They had time to do it because we've known that the internet's been taking over retail for 20 years. You know, it's not as if they haven't had time. Uh, so just like the telecoms company that recognised technology was changing for them, um, you know, perhaps Debenhams didn't need to be in the situation they're in. Now I'm sure they'll, their senior management will argue differently, um, but I, I think there's uh, there's an argument to be made there. And, and that we can do these things more strategically, and involve people in the strategy of the business, and to help them to make decisions about where they want their careers to go. Do you want to be with us with the new technology, or don't you? And, and you know, that's a way to manage it human, humanly as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think. Well, that's too- a
0: long-winded um, aside, really. <laughs>
1: I th- it's all relevant isn't it It's especially when we're kind of focusing on company culture I think um, ultimately what we're saying is redundancies need to be planned for um, in an ideal world if there isn't a plan then you can still humanize them but but they should be planned for even when it doesn't look like they're going to happen and I think part of that whole planning process is about how to avoid them and so how to avoid redundancy is to make sure that you have a business that's going to be relevant for the next 10 20 30 years yeah so perhaps you're right you could argue that some of this if not all of it could have been avoided for a lot of organizations and perhaps had that been considered sooner i mean no one could have planned for a pandemic but we did know that retail was moving very fast online certainly with the you know the the rise of companies like pretty little thing and asos and that you know those kind of companies that are purely online and yep. not on the high street um uh, do we need to say other retailers are available
0: i don't know uh, well you have
1: so. <laughs> um, <laughs> But, you know, yeah, I think like any business, particularly, you've spoken about your your own clients, for example, um, and a lot of my colleagues and a lot of clients have had to move online very fast in the pandemic. And whilst I appreciate that larger organizations are going to find that process slightly more challenging, um, again, we've had since February, pretty much, if not march at least um to to consider the outcome of the pandemic and to to move with the times um and it's unfortunate that a lot of organizations haven't managed or been able to do that
0: yeah and i don't want to sit here as 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 judge on these things it's perhaps not format but um i think there is an, an element of you know, we're talking about culture, there's an element of the culture of some of these organizations perhaps wasn't wasn't right. Uh, and it was the culture and the strategy which was which has led them to this situation. As much as it's the pandemic, that you know the pandemic has catalyzed you know the the outcomes happening perhaps faster than they would have done, but they were probably going to happen anyway, because of the, the strategy and culture of, of some of these organizations, you know not adapting uh, quickly enough, not putting enough investment into that uh, that change of strategy that was required. Um, And and did the pandemic cause the failure of some of these companies? Well, maybe, maybe not, you know, leave that to other people's judgment, but uh, I certainly have my view on, on some of that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I mean, you know, we all make choices, don't we? We all, as you say, it's not for us to sit here and judge, but I think to humanize, hopefully these companies and these organizations will be humanizing their redundancies and they will be um, doing the right thing by their employees, by themselves um, and by, you know, by the whole of society, really, because they're such huge employers and um, and,
0: and the fear I have, you know, for those people who are involved in this right now who are being made redundant, is that the companies that will tend to humanise this process and to do it in a, in a in a positive way for people are going to be the ones that don't need it mm. because they've already got the culture, the strategy in place, and um, and you know, and so they probably don't need the redundancy plan anyway even though they've probably got it in place it's the companies that don't have that good culture that found themselves in this place already again might be completely wrong about that but um, yeah and and so it's a little bit sad for those people who are in this situation now with some of the companies that are folding Mm. uh, that that human aspect to the culture probably isn't as strong as it could be, and that's part of the problem.
1: Yeah, perhaps.
0: It's chicken and egg on that one, isn't it? Which is which just re-emphasizes the importance of culture.
1: Yeah. If it's yeah. true. And about who you know who we are as an organization, who we are as individuals, as teams, as leaders. Um. And I think that the culture is ultimately the the kind of personality of the whole thing put together isn't it and and how we behave according to that personality and experience and um as you say it's really important to get that right or at least because we we all have different beliefs and we all have you know different ideas of what's going to work and what's not so it's not really anybody's place to say this is what you should have done this is yep. what
0: that's
1: right. you could have done I guess but it because perhaps they thought they were leading companies in the correct way and that's you know that that's their decision it's entirely their prerogative but right. um I think to to do the right thing by anyone who's unfortunately In a situation that can't be avoided, which is to be made redundant, um, is really important. Really important at a really horrible time to do the right thing. Mm -hmm. Not just in redundancy, but in life in general, isn't it? When someone's struggling, when someone's suffering, you wouldn't. You wouldn't. I think anybody would want to treat that person or want to be treated at a time when we're struggling in a certain way. And that doesn't take an awful lot of common sense, does it? So,
0: Well, that's right. I think it's treating people with respect, isn't it? At, you know, at mm. every level and uh, treating people the way they'd like to be treated. Uh,
1: yeah, it's as simple as that, really, isn't it?
0: At the very least, treating them no worse than you would like to be treated yourself. Yes. Uh, you know, at least that, have that level of respect. And uh, and I think, you know, ironically, even in you know, having... Um, been quite negative about some of the companies involved here that, uh, in the current situation. I think the people in those organisations probably will do all of that. You know, the, the the middle managers, the HR managers, will treat their colleagues with great empathy in those organisations, despite the fact that uh, you know, perhaps the strategy and culture of the organisation wasn't as supportive as it could have been. Yeah, and that's good. You know, at that level people are people and we'll treat people, hopefully, with, with great respect.
1: Yeah, that's a good good way to end that, actually, Gareth. People are people.
0: <laughs> that's as profoundly unprofound a, a thing that you can say, isn't
1: it? <laughs> very important. We're all people. This is actually, I had a really good conversation with my uh, one of my kids about this. You know, he was frightened about getting detentions at school and he's never had one yet um and i i had to just remind them that even the teachers are people mm-hmm. and they might get cross sometimes if you if certain kids aren't doing the right thing they might get frustrated but we're all people at the end of the day they were kids once and the same applies in organisations you know leaders are still people that's right yeah and we all have feelings and we all have emotions and we all struggle and we all thrive and survive in various different moments of our lives and so we yeah, just need to remember people well, the same, <laughs> if not all different.
0: Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> let's let's uh, leave it there. That's all we've got time for in fact. So um good. Um important topic right now uh for, for businesses and uh you know maybe lots of companies out there facing it so hopefully between the rants and the uh the diatribes there's there's some nuggets of information there that's of value to me.
1: yes i'm sure there will be hopefully
0: particularly from you thank you <laughs> good well have a good week everybody and uh, we look forward to um being here next week
1: yeah thank you for listening
0: yeah get in touch if you'd like to uh, discuss anything if you'd like if you've got point of view you'd like to express uh we will share it if you do get in touch and um If you'd like us to uh, and discuss it too. So, um, yeah, please do that. You can reach us at hello at Mm culturegym.co.uk. Have a good week, everybody. Bye bye. Later. You've been listening to the Culture Gym podcast. Thanks for working out with us. Till next time, work happy!